This is Waves, a podcast of APTA Michigan. I'm Andy Wicks. The physical therapy profession, like many healthcare careers, is predominantly female. Nurses, occupational therapists, speech-language pathologists, and psychologists all have more female members than male members. Despite this numerical superiority, research has shown that male physical therapists published more peer-reviewed articles than female physical therapists. Further research has indicated that male physical therapy students have higher expectations for their careers than female physical therapy students. To quote from the article which we are discussing this episode, quote, Men showed statistically significantly higher odds than women of expecting to own a private practice, to become a faculty member, to become a physical therapist manager or administrator, to publish articles in professional journals, and to have a higher income in the first year of practice, end quote. Today, we're going to hear from the author of that research article. I'm Marie Johansson, and I am interim director of the Division of Physical Therapy at Emory University, which is in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm also on the ACAF board and on the ABPTS board. In 2007, Dr. Johansson published an article in Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation Journal entitled Sex Differences in Career Expectations of Physical Therapist Students, which surveyed first-year DPT students at 34 different institutions across the United States. She divided the responses by gender and analyzed the results. Part of the uh, motivation that I had for looking at this is, you know, physical therapy to me is, well, of course, it's a wonderful profession. And it's an interesting one because, you know, the sex breakdown has been pretty consistent. The gender breakdown is roughly 65% female, 35% male. And it's been that way really since the 1950s, very consistently female dominated, but with a healthy percentage of men. So, so it's been really consistently that way. And so I was just, I really got interested to know based on my own experiences, I was in private practice for a number of years and I watched the, oh, sort of the dynamics of, of a medium-sized private practice and who became directors and who became officers and who became partners. And, and in that practice, despite it being, you know, majority self-identified women, a lot of the leadership positions went to men. And that's not atypical across many industries, but I think it's very, even more interesting when the profession is female dominated. So that that was part of my motivation for looking at the topic. And I, I thought it was interesting to look at physical therapy students. So what are early career physical therapists, first year in, in PT school, just coming into the profession, looking at what they expected? And it was, it was pretty stark to me, really more stark than what I expected because I'm a woman. I was pretty ambitious. I became a partner in that practice. You know, I'm an interim director of a program now. I mean, I, I certainly have been career-oriented and, and I guess you could say ambitious or what, whatever term you want to use. Maybe I shouldn't have been, but I was pretty surprised how many more men expected 
their careers to advance in particular ways. And it, it was, you know, a variety of ways. It was expected to own practices, expected to have a higher income their first year, I believe expected to become faculty members, higher odds of that, and many, many things in terms of more leadership type positions in the profession. My conclusion, I remember at the time, is we don't just need to be dealing with when people are already physical therapists. So you have a profession that's female-dominated. What happens to them, the, the women in that profession, probably affects the overall profession more than if it were male-dominated. In retrospect, you know, <laughs> you always learn. Every time you do research, you ask more questions, right? And had I known then what I known, what I would think I would know now is that I wish I had had a qualitative aspect to this study. I wish I had interviewed a certain number of those students because I think I could have gotten on some of the questions that you're posing, sort of more the whys. It was it prestige, you know, on the part of men and women, as I sort of allude to in the article, were they were women, even though the vast majority were not married and did not have children, were they already planning for that, planning for being the person that had more of the family responsibilities? That wouldn't surprise me because I've heard just anecdotally, sometimes I, I'll hear some of our applicants and they're usually the women say, oh, you know, I thought it was great that there was options for doing part-time work and things like that, which totally makes sense if you're going to be, you know, raising several children, you know, I mean, there's realities to family life and balancing that. So, you know, that might have been, and, and so I think a qualitative study could get at all that. And this survey really, you know, it's, we're guessing now after the fact, but I asked Dr. Johansson if she thought student perspectives had changed since this article was published in 2007. Well, it's a, this is such an interesting year to talk about that because last year I probably would have said, I think it's probably the same. I mean, I have a lot of students with, with very high-level career aspirations, both men and women, but, but I would still guess on average women are still more planning to be more the nurturer in, in their future families. At the same time, though, because there's been a, a really nice, important refocus on diversifying the profession, there are also many more programs at Emory, and I'm sure there are across the country in all the institutions and programs, of an increased emphasis for everybody. So we happen to be in a school of medicine and there's other programs in the school of medicine besides us and the MD program. And so there's been this emphasis on diversifying all those programs. And some of it has been focused on underrepresented minorities in medicine, but the programs have also been pretty in inclusive of other groups, including women. So there's sort of been a increase in focus on microaggressions toward women or 
you know, intended or not, slights to women or stereotypes of women and, and that sort of thing that has sort of infused itself in the training programs, whether it's implicit bias or upstander training, bystander training, those sorts of things. And so it sort of, it, I, that could make a difference. Just a re-emphasis on the stereotypes may, we may have of others, but also of ourselves. I asked Dr. Johansson what advice she would have for women entering the physical therapy profession now. I think my advice would be form a support group, you know, have, have a support group of like-minded women and even consider, I did this myself, actually. I can't believe I'm telling everybody this, but I went to a psychologist who also did professional coaching. And she was a woman who had been in academia and, and had really accomplished a lot in the field of psychology. And one of her passions became sort of coaching other women in my case, it was in academia, but it could have been anything. It could have been in clinic or any other area about how to manage your career path in, in a world where men would be seen as the logical leaders. You know, how do you navigate that? I found those sessions that I had with her extremely helpful. She taught me to, to be a much more careful observer of how people went about you know, landing leadership positions and other things. And I, I just, I thought it was extremely helpful. Now, that's a, that's a bit extreme to go pay somebody to coach you. But I, I think there, there are enough resources now within the APTA itself or within particular hospital systems or clinical systems, or if you're in school, within your program or your institution, that you can, you can access those resources so that you don't really have to figure it all out on your own. There's, there's people that have already been through it, and they can provide you with very valuable mentorship. Dr. Marie Johansson is the Interim Director of the Division of Physical Therapy at Emory University. She is also very kind to speak to us on this topic. Thank you, Dr. Johansson. Waves is written and produced by Hayden Ray, Catherine Klein, and me, Andy Wicks. It is a production of APTA Michigan. You can find us on social media at aptamiwaves, at our website, aptami.org podcasts, or on your podcatcher of choice, just search for Waves Physical Therapy and you should find us. Thank you for listening, and may all your documentation always be done on time.